I love that we get to share together in this way pretty much every week because this is one of the things that reminds us. I love how John and Pat introduced that, remember. We all need that reminder, don't we? And I want to commend every one of you for coming together today because this is the kind of thing that means so much more when we celebrate together. I feel like it, it brings a smile to Jesus' face when we raise our hands to him and as we sing out our praise to him. But it also gladdens his heart when his children gather together to remember. And so, Lord, we're so thankful to you. Every one of us could tell stories for the rest of the day of what you've done and how you've worked and then as we bring it all together, there's this bountiful harvest of your goodness that gives us hope, that gives us peace, that gives us joy. Even in the midst of all of the stuff of life, you are good and we declare it together. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Isn't he amazing? Isn't he wonderful? Oh, I need to remember, part of him being wonderful is, is his provision. <laughs> and because he's provided for me, I get to give back to him. Remember that first 10% of what God pours into you goes back to him. So we say, thank you, Jesus, I get to keep 90%. <laughs> That's what tithing's all about, right? I know many of you don't actually tithe with money or checks in the offering on a Sunday. Uh, you text a dollar amount to um, 84321 or you use the app or whatever. But I just want to thank each of you for your giving because God sees that and God honors that. And I love how, I mean, how many of us, you, you look at your budget each month and you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> They're like, okay, so the first 10% has to go to God uh, for sure because this month doesn't look like it's going to add up. And then suddenly it all turns around and God makes it all work out, right? <laughs> I, I can't be the only one in this room who does that most months, yeah? Okay. So, Father, we're giving to you not because we want something from you but because you've already been so good to us. You've already poured abundance into our lives. And we just give back to say thank you. But we also understand that as we do that, you watch over every detail of our lives and you provide for us in every way. And so we're thankful in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Woo. A couple of things I need to remember to say. Um, Laura has a sign-up sheet for ladies who would like to go horseback riding. Did you see that reaction? There was a whole range of reactions all around the room there. There's a number of ladies going, yeah, bring it on. There's another bunch of ladies going, what? <laughs> and there's all the men going, oh, how come the ladies get to do this? But <laughs> So anyway, um, Laura has a sign-up sheet. Well, actually, she doesn't have it right now because I stole it to remind me to talk about it. But uh, let me send it back to you so you've got it. And... Uh, if you're a lady and you would like to go horseback riding, see Laura, uh, either while I'm talking or at the end, and uh, they'll get that set up. Lots of fun, right? The other thing I wanted to point out to those of you who um, maybe... Uh, was this here last week? I've, I've lost track of the days completely. It wasn't, was it? No. That's right. So look in this right-hand corner here. 
Those of you who've been before will remember there used to be a nasty box in the corner that we put people who misbehaved in it and get, <laughs> gave them drumsticks. But we've demolished the box. <laughs> let, the, let the misbehavers out. Um, this is all part of God's wonderful provision. I think I've told some of you, you know, that Santi Cooper realized they'd had us on the wrong tariff and they gave us $6,000 back. Now, is that great or is that great? Yeah. So there will be signage going on the building. We're still kind of navigating through all of the corridors of Erie County. And don't start me on that. But along with the signage, we've been able to purchase a new electronic drum set, which is fantastic, because now we can hear the drums and see the drummer. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, and so, and I know, John, you're not the only one. You've got some other younger guys that you're working with as well. So uh, I love that God provides for us in ways that enable us to do more stuff together uh, and to see the smiling faces of the ones who are doing it too. However, if you are a parent, of course, most of the parents of little ones are not here, but we have had some little ones in the past who have loved to go and practice their drumming. That is no longer available. So all of you all who are over five, help me. Uh, the electronic drum set is not provided for children. Okay. Uh, if children want to play drums, we have a drum set for sale and parents can buy one. <laughs> but uh, the electronic drum set, help us keep the kids uh, doing something else, please. Thank you. All right. Are you ready to do some work together? Yes. Pardon? Oh, yes, open heaven, thank you. Why don't you tell, me, tell us about that, Carol, because I will mangle it. Okay. Uh, we're meeting this Saturday at Ignite from 10 till usually around 12. And Jim and, Jim and, Pat, Jim and Pat Banks will be our speakers this week. And, and you don't want to miss it. That's all I can say because I've not heard them and I don't want to miss it. And I am going to miss it, but unwillingly. But Jim and Pat have had an extensive ministry in the area of prayer ministry, especially as it relates to trauma. And so I believe they're going to focus in on how do we receive from God in ways that set us free from the effects of trauma in our lives. Uh, so uh, make sure you get to that because it really will be a very helpful time. Because actually all of us have had some form of trauma at some point. And, uh, we all need it, right? Uh, but even if you don't feel like you're in, in touch with or experiencing some trauma right now for yourself, you will at least learn how to help other people. There are many people around us who need that too. So yes, certainly encourage you. Thank you for the reminder, Carol. Now, our homework last week, if you recall, was to communicate our values, or at least one of our values, to somebody outside of our church family. Did anybody have an opportunity to do that and would like to share how that went? <laughs> ha! <laughs> Come on then, Kay. <laughs> I hope we're not going to get too much of I'm off the hook because I wasn't here, as I heard a couple of people say. You, you hold oh, that, yes. yeah. Um, um, I had uh, my HVAC system worked on this week. And one of the young men that was helping was struggling with some trauma in his life. And I, 
I asked him, do you know God? And he said, some. And I said, know this, that in the next few weeks, I'm going to be praying for you. And keep your, your heart open and see him work in your life. So I had an opportunity. Sweet. <laughs> That's wonderful, Kay. Thank you. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, somebody else raised a hand. Oh, Jan. Oh, oh, well, we'll come to that in just a second. So hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? Remember I told you last week we're going to get more into equipping one another. So expect to be applying what we do on a Sunday during the week. Because God wants to do that. Because you know what? As I look around this room, there is huge kingdom potential in this room. Right? And God doesn't just bring us together to enjoy the coffee and the snacks and, and see each other. He actually brings us together so that we become empowered to make a difference in the Grand Strand. Amen. Yeah? yeah? Renee. So I guess technically I did that yesterday Good. without really realizing it. Um, there's a young girl that I've known, and um, she has just recently actually been baptized and actually fully giving her life to the Lord um, versus where she before it was like, yes, I love the Lord and I go to church and Bible study and this and that. But um, we had the chance to walk yesterday and, and just catch up. And she um, was just disclosing some different things. So it was an opportunity to share um, just his presence and be a family to her because she doesn't talk to her mother that way. So um, just being inviting her in as a family and, and knowing that she could come and express her feelings and emotions. Beautiful. That is exactly expressing our values to someone outside our church family. Well done. Thank you. And I'm not suggesting the rest of you haven't been doing it. Please don't hear me kind of... I, I don't want to be pointing fingers. <laughs> All right. Crystal. I shared this story with the ladies in my art group, but when I had my, um, when we did our women's gathering, um, one of the ladies that came, uh, she was my accountant, and she struggles with a lot of different things, but she came, and this is so simple, but it, it was just everybody, it was a family, it's so simple, but when she got in there, she knew no one, no one. And there was, every table had a, a title to it, and there was a table that said conquer. And the ladies at that table said, oh, come sit with me, come sit with me. And I talked with my accountant later, and she said, when I walked in there, she's like, I didn't know anyone. And she's like, everybody was so kind. And there was this table, and all the women were like, come sit with me, come sit with me. And she said, it made her feel so good. It was so simple. And all those ladies go to this church that were at that table. And she struggled so much in so many different areas, abuse and suicide and all of that. And that little thing of saying, come sit with me, come be a part of our group, made such a huge difference. I mean, she mentioned it like three or four times. Little things make such a big difference, don't they? And that's what we're after. Uh, little things making a big difference. So we've been talking about values 
And we're going to continue to talk about values this morning. And then we talked about how you can't change culture just with values. It has to be with communication. And that's what we've been hearing from the, 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 the stories people have been saying about how we uh, communicate our values. And so, yes, Jan, you wanted to talk about yesterday. A bunch of us were here together yesterday for the Life Languages workshop, which is all about communication, right? And we had a fun time. Well, I had a fun time. Um, but uh, I, I was going to open it up and see if anybody wanted to share. So, Jan, why don't you share? So um, I wasn't planning on doing the life language uh, workshop again because I had taken it, I had done it in 2019. And I didn't think much had changed. And I thought, well, you know, I'll let other people, you know, get that revelation that I got the first time around. So the first time it was is more um, inward. It was, it was affirming who I was. And my parents were different in their in their wiring and so I used to think I was adopted I thought why am I so different from my parents I don't get it and so I was always feeling like I was being squelched down like don't don't be emotional don't cry don't don't be creative don't do this don't don't wear fleshy clothes or don't whatever it was and so when I took it in 2019 I was like oh my gosh I'm wired this way it's okay and I was able, I just had this, like, this liberation feeling, like a bird out of a cage. Like, I can be me, and that's okay. And even though there's other people like me, I, I'm not contained in a box. Like, this is the only way I can be, because there's seven life languages, and we speak them all. And so, um, but, so, yesterday, I came, and what I received yesterday was different. It was... How can I communicate? How can I build a relationship with the people around me? How can I, how can I communicate, communicate effectively? How can I help them? How can I help them grow? How can I help everybody out there? And so it was just beautiful, like how I saw a picture of the ones that were in our group, how different we are and how we complemented each other. And it was like a beautiful tapestry where the different colors came in together and they made the full picture. But the one color by itself didn't, didn't have as much weight as when all of them came together. And so I just, I, if you get an opportunity to do this, um, I strongly encourage you to do this. I think it's, it's just life-giving and I think it helps you communicate with other people and yeah, so it was really awesome. Thank you, Mark. That's great. Thank you. We are going to talk this morning about communication, but in a slightly different way, because I want to review with you how it is that we hear God speak to us. Now, some of you are like, oh, I know that. Just like some of you were like, oh, I've done the life languages. Well, you haven't finished doing it because you're still alive. <laughs> you haven't finished learning about hearing God because you're still breathing. Okay? And some of you are like, oh, I don't hear God at all. Well, hopefully today we'll help you to do that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at our values again and see what God wants to say to you out of those values. Okay? That's where we're going. And so let's do that. There are four keys to hearing God's voice, and I think we're going to be able to put those up 
Oh, it's a funny font, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> Didn't look like that on my computer, but never mind. I think you can read it. Four simple keys. These are from Dr. Mark Verkler. And uh, this is how we hear God for ourselves simply and easily. The number one thing to do is to be still. That's from Psalm 46, verse 10. Anybody know what that says? The first two words are on the screen. <laughs> be still and know that I am God. Yes. So if I want to know that he's God, I need to be still. Or one of the other translations says, cease striving and know that I am God. How many people here, let's have a moment of transparency. How many people here would confess with me that I spend my life striving? Okay, good. I'm talking to the right people. <laughs> Maybe not all the time, but certainly easily and regularly. And what I've learned over the years is that the more I push myself <laughs> or others, the less God gets involved. God's like, okay, <laughs> you go ahead, try and push that big heavy weight up a hill or whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> and when you're ready, I'll come help you, but you need to step away from the step away from the weight. But another thought came to me as I was preparing this, that another aspect of not striving is to remove distraction. So that I'm not pulled away from stillness in God. And it also means that I need to stop thinking I know the right answer. Because a lot of us in this room have been following Jesus for many years. Some of you have been following Jesus for more years than I have. And that's huge. <laughs> of course, if you haven't, that's okay too. But when we've been following Jesus for many years, we tend to think we know the right thing to do or the right answer to give uh, or the right scripture to quote or whatever. But actually, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. And if he is infinite, there's got to be more to discover than I've already discovered. And so part of being still is to not always jump to what I think is the right answer. Now that helped me. It may help you. If it does, you're welcome to it. Because if I always jump to the right thing to do, or I jump to the right answer, I'm not listening for what his answer in this moment for me is. I need to be still and let him speak. So that's the first key. And then the second key is to focus on God as a loving father. Because this comes straight from Jesus in John 8, verse 28. Jesus gives us the, the kind of secret source, if you like, of his ministry. When he says, I do nothing on my own authority... But I speak just as the Father taught me. So Jesus says, I don't do anything by myself. I do what the Father's doing. So I need to focus on my heavenly Father. Now, for some of us, that's kind of a difficult thing to do. Because our experience of Father hasn't been a good one. 
And this is not the time to get into that, but I want to tell you that you've found the right place here at Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach to find the right relationship with your father. Because that's one of our foundations, is that God is a loving father, and he will bring us into that loved child relationship as we allow him to. And he's going to be doing that to a greater extent for each of us this morning as well. So the focus is on being attentive to the Father. Focusing on what Father is saying. Focusing on who Father is. Because if I look back to what I just said about the striving, one of the main reasons why I strive is because I'm living like I don't have a Father. I'm living like an orphan. Orphans are the ones who rush around trying to hold life together and find the answers, right? <laughs> Sons and daughters don't need to do that because Father's looking after it. So actually these two keys go together, don't they? And so when I'm at rest in him, then I'm able to hear his voice. I'm able to be still. Sons and daughters are secure because they've received and experienced their father's validation. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized, his father said, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. He wasn't pleased with what Jesus had done because Jesus hadn't done anything yet. He was pleased with who Jesus was. And same for you and me. You please your father simply by existing. Who's existing this morning? Okay, half of us. What happened to the rest of you? <laughs> oh, you're busy writing, okay. <laughs> if you exist, you have value to your Heavenly Father. Simply for who you are. That's what I love about things like yesterday's workshop. As Jan said, every one of us is different. Every one of us is unique. But each one is treasured by Father. So as I scan around the room here, what a, a, a massive amount of treasure there is just in this gathering. Right? Each of you unique in God's heart and in God's design and in God's plan. And he's brought us together to be this kind of treasure house, if you like. So, sonship brings peace because of the security of Father's validation. That's why we focus on Father. And if you struggle to focus on Father, I encourage you to get someone alongside you to help you figure out why am I struggling in this area and what does my Father want to do about it? Because any of you who've been a father know that you, the last thing you want is for your child to struggle. Father is always focused on helping his children come into that place of validation and security and sonship. When I say sonship, I mean sons and daughters. Third key is to tune in to spontaneity. Some of us are more wired for spontaneity than others, aren't we? We learned that yesterday as well. But some of us love spontaneity. Again, I decided to scan around the room and see some of the smiles. I could have told you ahead of time some of the smiles I would see. There's one at the back there for a start. <laughs> spontaneity 
is your love language, isn't it? But you know what? That's because you're a reflection of your father. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 7, verse 38? He said, if you believe in me, out of your belly, the deepest part of you will flow rivers of living water. It's going to kind of bubble up inside of you like, like a fountain or a spring. And you won't be able to stop it because it's God's fountain, not yours. <laughs> All right? It's not you sort of going with a water pistol trying to make something happen. It's actually God's life bubbling up within you. How big is God's life? Eternal, immense, infinite? Yeah, okay. So how, does anybody in this room think they can contain the life of God? Not going to happen, right? Okay. So somewhere deep inside of you is this kind of portal, if you like, spring of heaven, spring of God that keeps bubbling up. <laughs> and God doesn't want that capped. He wants you to enjoy it bubbling up. Now, remember what we've already said. We want to be still and focus on Father, which means I have to get out of the mindset that I've been doing this for a long time and I know what's going to happen and I know what the right thing to do is because God is a God of spontaneity. And so very often he wants to surprise us with something new. And he would like us to be overjoyed when he surprises us with something new rather than to go, oh, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I'm <laughs> sure nobody in this room would say that, but I have said it before, and I try not to say it again. <laughs> so the spring of life that's in you and in me brings growth. And children love new things, don't they? Yeah? They love new things. They love new adventures and new excitement and fresh surprises. The best thing you can do with a kid is to play hide-and-go-seek or, or whatever. You know? and, they, and they love it. <laughs> and God wants us to be more childlike. Because this, I think I remember this from Jack Frost years ago, but the difference between a son and a servant is that a son is like a child and grows up in the house. Whereas a servant comes into the house full grown and thinks they know all the answers. Son comes into the house as a little child and grows up in the house. Whereas a servant comes into the house full grown and thinks they know all the answers. Just let that settle for a second. Because <laughs> I'm going to do the same. So tune in to spontaneity. Jehovah Sneaky would like to surprise you again today. Okay? And then the fourth key is to write it down. So if you haven't already grabbed a pen and a piece of paper, there's pens and paper on all the tables so that you can write it down, whatever it is God wants to say to you this morning. It comes from uh, the little book of Habakkuk. I never know how to say that in American because I always used to say it in English and we say it differently than you all do. So, How do you say that one? 
Habakkuk. Habakkuk. He's the man we should listen to. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> okay. So actually, the English is a little closer to the, the original Hebrew than the American. That's interesting. Anyway, that guy. <laughs> Chapter 2, verse 2. Write it down so that you can run with it. Yeah. Write down the vision so that he who reads it can run with it. Which is another way of saying, don't jump to conclusions, but receive a fresh impartation of what God wants to say today so that you can teach yourself and teach others what it is God is saying. So we don't want to jump to conclusions, but what we do want to do is to give time and brain space for God to add to what he's saying. You know, I've often been in meetings where I felt, oh, God is saying this. And I might speak it out. You know, God is saying you all need to smile. <laughs> Thank you. Some of you did. <laughs> that was entirely spontaneous. I'm back on step three here. But... If you just speak out that one thing, it doesn't actually give God time to add to it. But if you pause to write it down, you'll often find there's more to it than what you first got. And it kind of carries on, right? And it becomes a river of living water, John 7. Because you're writing down what you've already heard, and God likes to add to it. So I think of writing it down as not only being able to check what, God I, what I feel God is saying to me, but also giving God the space for me not to jump to a conclusion and think this is the one thing he wants to do when he wants to do five things or whatever. He'll deepen the revelation. In fact, if I was to show you my notes, there's the typewritten part of what I thought about last night and this morning. And then there's the scribble of all the things he added while I was driving here. And when I went to sit down in prayer before the meeting, so I wasn't running at 900 miles an hour, coming into this time. God loves to add, doesn't he? He loves to continue to speak to us. So expect him to speak to you. And it's not just for you. Okay, this is not some kind of you know, advanced degree level of how well can you hear God for yourself. God actually wants us to talk together. Remember what we said last week? We need values and communication for culture to change. And it's as we share these things, again, I don't have time to get off into all of the teaching about what the church is and what the body of Christ is, but we're all joined together, right? And we need one another. And so that's what we're going to do together for the remainder of our time here. We're going to let God communicate about our values to all of us, and we're going to share with one another what he's communicating to us. Let me explain what I mean. Okay? Um, let me see. Chad, could you... There's six of those, so could you kind of find six spots around the room to spread those out to, and then could you adjust where you're sitting so that you gather around one of these six? These are the six screens of declarations that we looked at last week. There are three blessings and three truths that we've been declaring since December of 2020 over Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach. And so if you're not sitting at a table with that or in a group with that, come and sort of cluster around where they are, please. Okay? Yes. 
So there will be a group round each sheet. Yay. Thank you. And then here is what we're going to do. We're going to start out... We're going to start out individually. Remember, the first step is to be still, okay? So I don't want anybody to jump in with your clever, good idea of what this means or what you should do about it. We're going to be quiet and listen to God first. Okay, so if we could put the next screen up, please, um, Brandon and Laura. Individually, read and reflect on these values in my life. So read the thing that's in front of you and just reflect on what's written there as it applies to you. Okay? Read and reflect. Give it time. So don't jump to conclusions. Expect God to be dropping things into your spirit and into your heart and into your mind as you read that. To, to underline it or to bring something into focus for you or to emphasize something to you out of that sheet. And then listen to God and ask him, how are you speaking to me, Father, from this? How are you speaking to me? And then when he answers that, and remember again to write it down, how are you speaking to me, Father, and after I've written that down, now, how does this touch the grand strand? So let's be quiet. And all of us look at whichever one you're sitting around. I've split it up just so we're not trying to do all of it all. <laughs> Make it achievable. But let's do those two things. They're up on the screen to help you remember. Read it and reflect on it in your own life. And then as you're listening to God, ask him, how are you speaking to me? And then how does that touch the grand strand? We'll give that about five minutes. Write it down because then at the end, you're going to share what God shows you around the tables. And then what we'll do at each cluster, each table, I'd like you to share some of what you got as answers. Now, if it's highly personal, please don't feel obliged to. But there may be some part of what God has spoken to you or what you've seen that you can share with the rest of the group. And I'd encourage you to share those answers, but also I'd encourage you, don't make this purely a listening exercise. As you're sharing, commit to some sort of action. This is what I've heard God say, and this is what I'm going to do because of what God said. Okay? So share an answer and commit to an action around the tables, and then pray for one another so that God is in the midst of all that we're receiving. Okay? So go ahead and do that. I'll give you about five minutes. So actually what I'll do, I'll appoint a kind of referee at each table. So Carol and Crystal and um, Robert and um, Steve and Renee and Pat. Okay? So just... Make sure people can be heard if they want to be. Make sure nobody feels pressured to contribute if they don't want to be. 
and I'll give you a wave in about five minutes to stop. If you don't have anything to share, please don't worry. Okay, you're welcome just to say, I'm going to reflect on this and I want God to speak to me or something like that. Okay, so if you don't have anything specific to share, no panics. But I do believe God has been showing us things and we want to hear those. So share your answers, commit to an action and then pray for one another. So we are going to be dismissed. I love this family. love you all interacting. Continue to do that. I'm going to pray a short prayer in just a second, but let me encourage you all to come on back next Sunday. Uh, there'll be worship together again at 10.30 as usual. I want to say a big thank you to Ira and Chad and Jennifer and John for the beautiful worship this morning. Uh, we will worship together at 10.30. Uh, I encourage you all to be here for that uh, because that's how we can connect with one another as we connect with God. And then Nancy will be speaking next Sunday. So you don't want to miss that. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Father, thank you for this wonderful family. Thank you for our values that we've been focusing on and listening to you about again this morning. Thank you that you are in the business of transforming each of us and the Grand Strand. And now would you continue to bless us in the commitments we've made and the prayers that we've prayed so that your kingdom come and your will be done here in Myrtle Beach and beyond, just like it is in heaven. So thank you that every one of us is an instrument of your life. Let us rest in our relationship with you and share it with those around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.